Welcome to the Knowles Development Podcast, an exploration in leadership development. I'm your host, Brad Knowles. Now let's dive in. Trust. It all starts with trust. It all starts with trust when we're working with other people. Just no getting around it, gang. Uh, and I think Patrick Lencioni's uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, if, you have, if you're not experienced with that, if you're not familiar with it, um, I would put that as the, the top book uh, from him. Um, it's, it's definitely been the one that's had the biggest impact on me. Uh, great book, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And in the book, he talks about, you know, basically all of the horrible ways that teams can go horribly wrong and how they often do, right? And he lays it out in kind of a triangle format. And it, you know, the bottom of that triangle, the the number one, the starting place where where organizations and teams go off the rails is a lack of trust. That's the number one dysfunction. They simply don't trust each other. If you don't have trust, you don't have a team. You just don't. It might as well be five strangers sitting on a freaking bus because you probably trust them just about as much as the team trusts each other. We don't have a team. We've got a loose collection of a group of people. Building trust is critical. And the person who has to take the ownership of it, yes, you guessed it, woohoo, is the leader. The leader of the team must take ownership of the trust level of the team. If it isn't there, the only place that leader can do is look in the mirror. Yay. So if we know it's so critical, and I, I'm complete in agreement with Patrick on this, we know it's so critical to the health of an organization Patrick lays out then is how do we fix a lack of trust? Because it's it's likely to show up in any organization at some time, this lack of trust thing. So when we come across it, or maybe when there's a new organization, we need to build it from scratch. How do we go about building trust? And Patrick lays out that it's about the leader. It all starts and stops with the leader. The leader showing up as vulnerable. Well, that's great and all. How do we show up as leaders in a vulnerable way? And I want, I think there's three big ways or three keys to vulnerability. I want to lay those out for you now. And this is coming from a place that I'm assuming you have some leadership role in the organization because that's where the vulnerability has to start. Team can happen from anywhere. Any position on a team can help develop and encourage team. But when trust is missing, it has to start, I would argue, with the leader. The leader has to show up as a vulnerable leader. In other words, they're not bulletproof. And this is the challenge with kind of the genius at the center of an organization. It's very challenging for the genius to show up as vulnerable because it begins to put into question their very nature of kind of geniusness. They have to be vulnerable. They have to not know it all to build trust with the people in their organization. And that's really where the team is going to thrive. 
We have to have that foundation of trust. So three keys to vulnerability. Key number one, take ownership. It's all your fault. All of it. If you're the leader, it's on you. End of conversation. Patriots don't win. It's Bill Belichick's fault. Period. End of conversation. Now, that doesn't mean Bill has to run every lap after they lose a game. But he's going to take full ownership of it. He's not going to point to freaking field conditions. He's not going to point to, you know, anything else other than just look in the mirror and go, we need to do a better job. We being me need to do a better job. We need to do a better job in all areas. And that's on him because he's in charge. You have to take that kind of attitude. You have to fully take ownership of it. If there's a person on that team that shouldn't be on that team, that is your fault. If there's a person on your team that isn't trained to do what they need to do, that is your fault. If there's a person on your team that's showing up as somebody that you can delegate to but isn't really leverage, you probably aren't letting go of something, that's your fault. If the team isn't achieving its goal, that's your fault. It's all your fault. <laughs> Welcome to leadership, man. You got to take ownership of it. Own it all, own it fully. There's no point in any fingers. It's all on you. Watch your language when it comes to ownership. This is on you. Number two, key number two, you have to be authentic. I think the ownership piece is actually easier than the authenticity piece. This is going to be the hardest of the keys, especially if you struggle with it. You know, I come from a real estate background. Most of you know this. In real estate, we, we put a fair amount of emphasis on learning scripts and dialogues because there's, there's better ways to say certain things that are more predictable to get the result that we want, right? So the words that we use make a difference. So learning proven words in, say, a listing presentation or in negotiations or whatever, Learning certain words help us to get to the desired result in a more predictable way and, more importantly, quicker. Okay. So that's parakeeting, right? Learn the script, parakeet it back. That can't be the whole conversation as a leader. You can't sound scripted as a leader. Not that there aren't certain words that can help. There certainly are. You know, I would, I would point you to Susan Scott's book, Fierce Conversations. There's definitely words that can help invite in the conversations that need to happen. But you've got to present them authentically. They have to be you. You can't come across as, as scripted. You can't come across as coded in Teflon. You have to be you. With all your freaking warts, you have to be you. Here's the thing. This is what I don't get. And our, our culture is really struggling with this. People are drawn to authenticity. Sure, there's a natural distraction to the fake and made up and glossy, Sure, it catches the eye and catches the attention, but it doesn't draw you. It doesn't really draw people to you. People are drawn to the authentic. Think Martin Luther King. Think Gandhi. Think Mother Teresa. 
These were not polished, beautiful people. These were people who struggled with all sorts of stuff. But they were passionate and they were authentic. So you've got to find your voice. You've got to find your voice. It's got to be you. It can't be somebody else's. Most of us wake up in the morning and before we either get out of bed, really dysfunctional, or leave the home, slightly less dysfunctional, we put on a mask. We put on some sort of mask. This is the version of me I'm going to show the world. The closer you can get to the version that you show everybody and the version you show those closest to you, the closer those two are aligned, the closer you're getting to this authenticity that I'm talking about. Being authentic is critical. People smell it. You have so many nerve endings in your gut that trigger things in your brain. Your gut tells you when somebody isn't being authentic. Right? This isn't a cerebral thing. This is a chemical thing. It's a survival thing. Humans are actually pretty darn wired to be able to sniff it out. Many times we can't verbalize it. But we can discern it. We know, eh, something's off of that guy. Eh, I don't know if I could trust her. Because she's not being authentic. He's not being authentic. So what are they hiding? Are they hiding something that's going to impact me? Or are they hiding because they're not willing to be vulnerable? Are they, you know, what are they hiding from? It just means I don't trust you then. You have to be authentic for me to trust you. Authenticity is critical to vulnerability. Now, I'm going to put a caveat here. And this was a caveat that my coach gave me years ago. Years ago. Before I started running my first office in the real estate world. I was in the car, literally driving down to start my first day the next day. And I made this call to the person who's now my coach. And I said, you know, listen, you've run a lot of different organizations. You've come in to organizations already up and running and you're the new guy now and you're supposed to take charge and have all the answers and all that kind of crap. So how do you do it? How do you get people on board with you quickly? And it really became this conversation around vulnerability and it became a conversation about being authentic. And the caveat is you don't have to air all your dirty laundry, okay? This isn't, you, this isn't I'm not saying you've got to have a cry fest with every person on your team, you know, talking about that time in middle school when whatever the heck. Then No, that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about finding your voice in all its positives and negatives. Being authentic in that space. Being willing to share some of your failings so that the people who work with you realize like, oh, Brad screws up. Brad screws up all the freaking time. So is it okay for me to screw up? Or do I have to be perfect? Oh no, I can screw up too. And I don't have to hide it. And I can be honest about it. And then we as an organization can work to fix it. That's what being authentic is about. For some of you, you might have 40, 50 years of experience not 
being authentic. This will not be a light stone to lift. That doesn't mean you get to avoid it. I had a conversation recently with somebody who we were kind of talking in and around this and we needed to really lean into this conversation and kind of being authentic about where they wanted to go and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they brought up the fact that it may mean a total career change. That if they really embrace that conversation and that kind of exploration, what might come out the other end is a complete change in the direction that they're going in professionally. My answer was, yep, yeah. Yeah, you got to be open to that. Don't be tied to the outcome. Be tied to the journey of finding your authentic voice. I have to work on this too. Okay, this is not a me telling you because I'm perfect thing, right? Let me let me let me model a little authenticity for you and a little ownership. I know I need to work on this. I know I know there are areas in this space where I can get better too. And the reason I know it is because my wife points them out. So to some extent, there's areas of it that are a little bit of a blind spot for me. And I've got to invite that in more so that I'm really clear where it is that I'm showing up in less than authentic ways. So that's a place that I've got to work. Last key, number three, gaining perspective. Gaining perspective. Here's a little wake-up call. You don't have all the answers, and you don't have all the perspective. You only have yours. If you're not proactively going after other people's perspectives, you're going to miss a lot. You know, I um, there's a couple of people out there I like to listen to, um, and there's one in particular that really puts a lot of um, stress on um, self-awareness, right? Being really spending the time in getting uh, in gaining self-awareness, and at the same time, I also know that this person really hasn't experienced kind of a, a traditional kind of coaching relationship. So. Though gifted in this area of self-awareness, I know they're missing aspects of the self-awareness because they're only seeing what they see in the mirror. They're not gaining the perspective of people outside them, and they're not really leaning in and listening to it. We all need that. We all need it. I've yet to come across a person who has such worldly perspective that they don't need the input of others about either a situation, the direction the organization is going in, or themselves. We can all benefit from increased perspective. If you've got a major decision to make at your organization, are you talking to the other people on your team about it? Are you really listening to what they have to say, really honoring what they have to say, especially if it's not in alignment with what you think? Are you going out proactively and getting the perspective of competitors, past clients, affiliates that you do business with? Are we really gaining the perspective of others? If you really want to show up as vulnerable, which is where we're going to build trust with our team, 
you're going to be open to gaining the perspective of others and really listening to it and, when appropriate, having it apply and influence the direction of the organization. That is a fast way to build trust. Trust is key. Patrick Lencioni, five dysfunctions of the team. Foundational. Without it, we got nothing. We don't have team. Without a team, we don't have leadership. It's just you looking at you. Three keys to vulnerability that I've found. Number one, take ownership. Number two, be authentic. Number three, take the time to gain the perspective of others. Hope this has been helpful. Go make it a great day.